Welcome to the Grace Long Beach podcast, a series of sermons from our weekly Sunday gathering. For more information on our church community, values, and service times, please visit www.gracelb.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Brian. It's beautiful. I love the images that Susan gave to us about what it might mean to wait, this idea of groaning and adoption. And as she already mentioned, adoption is something that is a value here, is something that is extremely important to us. Um, I haven't gone through foster care or adoption. My wife, Mandy, is a social worker in that field, and I have a lot of friends who um, who are in foster care or who have adopted. And so in many of my conversations, though I haven't experienced it firsthand, what I understand a lot of what foster care and adoption is, is an embodiment of waiting. Waiting that comes in the forms of, of anticipation and excitement and court dates and time and sorrow and sadness and hopefully praise at being able to include for all time a child into the family. And adoption, I think, is a really good image for what it means for us to be Christians who wait. Christians who find themselves in this part of the story where we are waiting on God. That God has already come to us in Jesus, but God will again come to us. And that adoption as a journey gives us some sense of what it might mean to be on this journey with God. For it is a journey. But it's a journey that finds its path between what we call the already and the not yet. Last week, Beth and Will both touched on this idea of this already and not yet. That already in the person of Jesus, we kind of experience the kingdom of God and and what he's brought in his life and the healing and the forgiveness and the goodness. But that there's this also this not yet dimension of when it will come fully. And that Will talking about our past, present, and future salvation caught up in the work of God. And so what is the image of the not yet? And what might it mean for us to be people who wait for what God will one day do? Well, in Revelation 21, you can turn there, but I'm going to kind of give you a sense of it anyway. So go ahead or not. doesn't really matter. But in Revelation 21, it offers this picture of God, again, coming to his people, to his creation. That God in all of his holiness and splendor will come down in something like a city of Jerusalem, this holy city coming to make its home on earth. But also in God's incredible tenderness, it says that he will himself wipe away every tear. That death itself will die. That mourning and pain and sorrow and grief will be no more. That is the future, this not yet future, that we can hope into as God's people. And we can have our hope grounded in the fact that God has already come. And God seems to be a God who wants so desperately to be with his people that over and over and over again, God continues to come to us. And that is our hope, and that is our future, but it is still not yet. We still find ourselves in the in-between, 
in between God's coming to us and Jesus, and in this amazing, remarkable picture of things being made new, and tears being wiped away, and death being gone. And in Advent, we kind of get pulled back in. It's like we're teased, right, with this hope. But then we're also kind of pulled back to be reminded of what our reality is. And I had one of these reminders yesterday. And this is like one of the occupational hazards of being a, a preacher, is that things happen. And then you're like, oh, well, how am I going to say what I was planning to say? So I, I, I have to somehow include what happened. So don't hang out with me on Saturday, I guess, is because you might end up in a sermon. Um, but... So yesterday, I went, my family and I, we went to Lancaster, which is in itself already a practice in waiting. Um, you, you driving up there, you're waiting in traffic, and then you get to the 14, and then it, traffic frees up because everybody else is waiting to go someplace better. So we, um, we go on the 14, and we, we, we get to Lancaster, and, and then once we're there, it becomes a waiting to leave again, um, and to come back to, to Long Beach. And, and I don't know about you, but presents or gifts seem to make my kids the worst. Uh, and because there's this sense of like, oh, is that all? Or, oh, this is it? Or I want that one, pointing to the bigger one, you know? Um, which really they're saying everything we are thinking when we give presents to one another as adults. <laughs> and they just have the freedom to say it. But we're so in that, in that season of, of waiting or there in Lancaster, I have this conversation with my dad. And he says, um, you know, grandma's not doing so well. And, and I said, what do you mean? I knew that she had, had, she, she had hurt her back, broke her back in, in a fall. And, and he said, you know, I just came from Grandma's house, and she's not doing well at all. And I'm like, well, what do you, like, I, this is the first time actually hearing about this. And he said, well, I would, if you can, get over to see her today. Because um, I don't know if she's going to make it too far beyond um, the holidays. And, and so, well, I had to go. So I went over to my, to my grandma's house, and and my dad was there helping her with some things. And, and um, you know, I walk into the room, and, and, and she's lying on her bed because she can't move. And, and she's, she looks okay. And, and I began to talk to her. And, and this woman, um, I mean, she helped raise me. This is my grandmother. Like, and and, and I, I love her dearly. And she, has, she just means so much to me. So just this idea, right? It's like everything is happening so fast, and you're not really sure what to, what to make of it. So I sit down and I'm talking with her and, and it's a really sweet moment. And I begin to ask her how she was doing and how she was feeling and and, and she she started to share that, you know, she's feeling okay. Uh, she's she's in a lot of pain and and she's just ready. And I said, Well, how do you feel about that? And she says, you know, I I'm just kind of waiting. And it was like this weird all of a sudden, I couldn't help but think about Revelation 21, which has been on my mind all week. Um, and, and thinking about how just this moment, right, like you're talking, you want to talk about the future and the hope and the incredible reality of what it will be. And then we have these moments in our lives that just say, but not yet. And this was one of those moments. And, and I got to tell her what I needed and wanted to say to her. And I got to pray with her. And it was sacred, and and it was wonderful. And I I can't help but think about the fact that that I want 
right? I want Revelation 21. I want that hope now. Right? I want, I don't want my grandmother to be in pain. Um, I don't know how many people my age, on average, still have their grandparents, but this is my grandmother, and I still want her. Um, and and I, don't, I want death itself to die. Um, I, I want there to be no more sadness or grief or pain. And I know so many of you, as I've been thinking about this, I'm like, this is your reality too. You're living in this in-between of like, yes, Jesus has come. This is amazing. We have this hope and we have this splendor. And yes, one day it will all be made new. But right now, right now is where I am. And it's in this moment, right? It's in these moments that God says, I am with you. It's in these moments that God says, yes, I know. Yes, I know. And I will. I will redeem. I will restore. I will wipe away every tear. I will kill death. And I will make all things new. Now, the thing about all of this is that that is our hope. That is the life that we ourselves as the church are called into. That is the hope that we are to bear witness to. That is the calling of the church, is to say, you know what? We are in the in-between, but my God has come in Christ, and my God will come again, and so the darkness cannot overcome the light. See, the thing about hope is that it doesn't take away the sadness and the pain and the heartache and the difficulty. It's all still there. But what hope does is it simply, not simply, profoundly, remarkably, mysteriously adds another dimension to everything. It changes reality. Without hope, all you see is all you get. With hope, God says there's more. Now, here's what's remarkable. Now, and I'm thinking of, of Keith. You, you shared something a couple weeks ago in, in the Second Hour Fellowship, and Keith loves the movie The Shawshank Redemption. He can't help but talk about it all the time, uh, and which I'm which I'm grateful for. And he showed this he showed this clip in the Second Hour Fellowship. Well, a few, but one that's really stuck with me is this moment when Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins, his character, right? He he kind of he gets into this intercom room where there's this music. You know what I'm talking about? And he can't help but lock the guard in the bathroom and then put this record on and then turn it onto the intercom. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, this opera music seems to blast out across the whole field. And it's incredible. People stop what they're doing. They can't help but stop. And Red, Morgan's Freeman character, he says something really interesting. He's like, no, we had no idea what those two ladies were singing about. So they were singing in Italian. Or I don't even know, some language. But nobody knew what they, were, what they were singing about. He said, but for those few moments, we were free. That's the crazy thing about hope. Is it reframes and reinterprets your entire reality. That for those few moments, when you're kind of, you glimpse something, something else, it doesn't mean that these people weren't in prison. It just means that actually within their imprisonment, they were actually 
taken to, to another place, to another dimension, to see their life together in a whole new way. That, my friends, is the good news of the gospel. And so with my grandmother seeing her, I, want, I wanted all of those things to go away. I don't want her to be laying there. I want her to be walking. I don't want her to be in pain. I want her to be healed. I don't want her to die. I want her to live. And my hope didn't take away any of the reality of that moment, that she is in pain, that her life is ending, that she is still in the bed. But what it did in that moment when I was holding her hand and I was praying for her and our hope together, it made that moment holy. And so I wonder if we as the church, because we've been given the Spirit of God, because we know the truth of God's coming to us in Christ and God's coming again, if we can be that source of hope for the world, that we can add another dimension to all the turmoil that is happening around us, to say, look, There is good news. Look, in our waiting, God is with us. God is with the world through us. His church, his people, his sons, his daughters. And we have the opportunity, have the gift of being able to participate. And for just a few moments, dimly, briefly, I don't know, with one another, but for the sake of the world, say, look, you can be free. Look at who my God has shown himself to be in Jesus Christ. Look at who my God will show himself to be when he will make all things new. We can be people who live our lives in such a way that we bear testimony to the words by Paul in Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, who was raised, who's at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.